The Needs of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by aa8sport.com forward slash West Ham. We've got City on Saturday. West Ham to beat Man City. 12 to 1 on your first bet. Insane times. You can get that bet. aa8sport.com forward slash West Ham. With a bit of breeze behind him. Oh, he's hit that sweetly. What a goal! Well, that is exactly what Dimitri Payet does. He's been West Ham's best player this season, and they've missed him. And look at the reaction from the West Ham fans there. Oh, brilliant skills from Payet. They've got to be careful with the tackles now. Still Payet, Valencia! And West Ham, having been one down, now lead two goals to one. So can Valencia do what Dimitri did? He's going to try it. Oh, yes, he can. Another brilliant free kick scored for West Ham. And that will be that tonight. They're going to take the three points. Three consecutive Premier League wins. And a shot which is on target. Ayose Perez. It was set up for it perfectly. And he beats Adrian with perfection. That is perfectly tucked into the bottom corner. What a pass that is to Jan Mats. He's taken it ever so well. And Wijnaldum benefits. What a slick goal for Newcastle. Valencia did well to get there ahead of Mbemba, but Mbemba is strong. And then, oh, Jelovic will surely prop it here. It's over the line. And it's a goal back with virtually his first touch. A mistake by Chancel Mbemba. And Jelovic, who's just come on, was sharp enough to make it 2-1. Well, I've been waking up at sunrise. I've been following the light across my room. I watch the night receive my day. Hello and welcome to the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast series four episode 22. Join us here in the studio firstly the lovely Bianca Westwood back. Hello I'm back. And also star of YouTube, director of football, manager and star player for Spencer FC. Welcome to the stage Spencer Owen. It makes it sound like I'm some egotistical guy who's got an actual club who just runs it doesn't anyone else play but it's sort of his trick. <laughs> yeah thanks for having me mate. Uh, any vote of confidence recently? Are you happy with your performance? I mean, every area of the club the, I am the board <laughs> so I've always they've always got confidence in me but no yeah it's going alright at the moment we're, we're mid table <laughs> something I found out yesterday Steve McLaren's on the board at Newcastle similar setup. Mm. is he? yeah apparently apparently someone told me that he's on the board so he's in, he has to be involved with the discussions about him getting sacked that's awkward I know. How'd you do that? Imagine if he voted for himself to be sacked. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good enough, lads. Yeah. Let's face up. Um, but stay on the board. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, joining us here on this episode, we've not only got Spencer and Bianca, we've also got Mark Lawrenson. And not only that, Academy Award winner, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Did you have, I mean, Morgan Freeman, big West Ham fan. So a great poster for a film, is it? Mark Lawrence (laughs) and Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Um, uh, Sorry, what was your question? (laughs) I don't think Laura would get top billing on that one. It'd be a weird double act, wouldn't it? Yeah, like a detective partnership. (laughs) (laughs) Who's good cop, bad cop? Laura in a really dodgy shirt with big collars. (laughs) It could work. Very decent. Yeah. There we go. Well, we'll be coming up later on the show. Um, we'll begin maybe with some feedback from last week. We had Tony Cotty on the podcast. Um, we had an email from Dave Middleditch. Uh, Dear Chris and Bianca, just listen, had a listen to your recent pod with TC out here in the middle of the desert in Sudan. Thoroughly
thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt at first a bit weird listening to an episode of the pod without Longers, kind of like watching EastEnders after Arthur Fowler got accused of stealing the allotment money, banged up, caught in a prison riot, and then sadly died. However, Bianca, you did a sterling job, and by the end of it, I was saying to myself, James, James, who the F is James? Oh, thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, from the heart of Sudan. Lovely. <laughs> uh, Tony Cotty, Spencer. I guess that he must have been at the start of your love for West Ham, Tony Cotty. He was actually, yeah. He was like my first, probably, yeah, the, my earliest memory is like of our best player at the time. Mm. Um, and I actually met him uh, about probably about six months ago on Hammer Time. Yeah, they did the Hammer Time things with yeah. Um, yeah. the club, and uh, I was late. I was late because normally I'm often late but it wasn't actually my fault this time so I came in and he was there it was with the um, comment the guy the, the journalist who does a lot of stuff with West Ham TV uh, YouTube channel and um, uh, it was just us three and we ca- I came in and I was making my apologies for being late and he just went he just laid into me in a funny way like it was funny but it was like one of those when you meet your heroes and he just like has a go at you and I was like really embarrassed he said he said uh, you should leave 15 minutes earlier you should never be late and he started telling an anecdote about, about how Martin O'Neill um, this happened this last week. You might know Neil did that as well. Well, Bianca was late last week. He, I think he may have told the same anecdote that Martin maybe, O'Neill... Maybe Cotty said the same thing to him. He was just said, yeah, he said that he had a thing at training when he was young and someone was late and the manager went in and said yeah. he was always leave 15 minutes earlier. That's scary. <laughs> so they How many times the same Everyone must always be late for TC. <laughs> they're both associated with uh, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cotty, maybe I don't know but yeah so he had a go at me and I thought oh god I'm not impressed with Tony Cotty by the end of it we were I mean I'm, I think it's fair to say we're best friends <laughs> <laughs> that's nice isn't it that's nice <laughs> no what a man though what a legend uh, yeah yeah um, we also had a, a message from Worcester WHU he said great to party Tony Cotty came across really well I never knew just how much affection he had for the club prior to joining were you aware Spencer that he was a big West Ham fan I, I think more in re- more uh, post his his actual retirement, like when seeing on Sky Sports News and stuff, he's always got that. He's kind of our version of um, Phil Thompson. He's like so Liverpool. He's so West Ham, but um, and he definitely has much more affinity to us than any of the other clubs he's played for, and obviously played for us tw- two different spells. Um, he's he's one of the more synonymous in my lifetime, definitely synonymous people with West Ham. Like after they stop, carry on being associated with the club. He seems like he's got a lot of time for it, and he's proper into it. Yeah, mm. he's West Ham through and through, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Bit like us. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to complete the feedback section with? I've sprung, yeah, I've sprung sure. this on you. Uh, is this Hammer? Uh, Hammer, Hammer thirty two. Hammer thirty two says the way he explained the benefits of moving to the Olympic Stadium made me feel much better about it. Also, his opinion on the appointment of Slav was exactly the same as mine. He came across very well. Bianca slotted in seamlessly. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Well done to you all. The podcast keeps me enthralled as I tear down the autobahn to work in the morning. The autobahn. Mm. There we go. We're so continental. <laughs> I know, we are on this show. Where you're legally allowed to tear down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and play with your phone to get the right episode yeah. of the Tony Cotty's <laughs> view on. Excellent. Uh, you can send your feedback to podcast at kumb.com. Um, right, we're about to interview Mark Lawrenson now. Uh, Spencer... Mark Lawrenson, he seems to have it in for us, doesn't he? He does. I don't know what his problem is. I mean, the thing, is that, the thing for Mark is, though, that a lot of people seem to have it in for him as well. <laughs> like, you know what? He's one of the people that are on Twitter and things like that. People just lay into him whenever he's on Match of the Day. I yeah. think that like, he's caught the back end of, like, he's, he, he wasn't at times his career right for social media. <laughs> like, it's not, do you know what I mean? Then Mark Lawrenson gets it as well. Like, he gets terrible. I don't know. People, I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, maybe. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to know if he's as aware 
of that kind of sentiment towards him. Like Michael Owen definitely is aware of it. When he did that quote on BT Sport and everyone just laid into him, he said something like, if you don't score, you don't win, didn't he, Michael Owen, recently? Yeah. Lawrence has the same sort of thing. He seems to rub people up the wrong way. But um, yeah, we're getting our own back on him. His prediction of us. Well, we'll talk more about that, won't you? He, yeah, he, yeah. He predicted a not very nice prediction for us this year. So hopefully it's, hopefully it's not going to come true. Yeah. But yeah. Are you, have you ever met him, Bianca? I haven't actually, no, but he just comes across... He doesn't care, does he? <laughs> he doesn't care yeah. what anyone says or what anyone thinks about him. You know, he just says it how, how it is. Sometimes I feel like he says things just to kind of, you know, needle the West Ham fans, but it, it works. Mm. He definitely gets a rise out of us, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he does. Joining us now on the podcast, a man who has earned the wrath of West Ham fans this season with his predictions. Welcome to the show, Mark Lawrenson. Hey, Chris, you okay? Firstly, what did we ever do to you? <laughs> You've never upset me because I nearly I nearly went to West Ham as a kid. Um, I don't know. The thing is, I think everybody thinks that I sit there and like look at all the teams and everything every week and decide who I don't like and who's going to get beat, but... Basically, the guy rings me up and I just decide whether West Ham or any other of the other 19 clubs are going to win, lose or draw. So it's nothing personal, I can assure you. It's been, um, I think Southampton fans were on me back year before last. Um, who else Who else didn't like me particularly? Swansea, another one. Evertonians always give me grief as well. So uh, it, is, it is what it is. Right, Laura, on your prediction table, we're not doing too well, but Liverpool are flying. Well... I am probably, I am probably when I'm on the telly and the radio, Liverpool's worst critic. So, I don't know. Just, I just, I would. It's probably a case I would like them to win, but hey ho, um, they're not doing particularly well at the moment. Listen, West Ham have got a better team than Liverpool at the moment. So, hey, happy days for West Ham. Is it? I mean, it, they, they've done absolutely fantastic in fairness to them because when they appointed Billich, I kind of thought. You know, after Sam, I wasn't sure. Old player always going back. Does it ever really work, especially when you go back as manager? Then you had a fantastic start, all those fabulous away wins. And then you dipped a bit like Sam's team last year. And I thought, whoa, where it's coming, it's coming. But with all those players injured, you had a long, unbeaten run. So, um, you know, they, they've done great. And then I, I think I actually went, did I go and tick you to draw at the weekend? I did, and you got beat 2-1. So, hey, I can't be wrong all the time. Laura, in terms of your predictions, you had us down to lose 2-0 to City when we won 2-1, losing to Chelsea when we won 2-1, beating Liverpool. You generally don't fancy us against the big teams this season. No, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't most people. If you, if you said to anybody, even a neutral in the street, oh, West Ham are playing Chelsea, West Ham are playing Man City, West Ham are playing Liverpool, whoever, most, most people would go for the bigger teams. That, that's just the way that it is. It's, you know, so the fact, the fact that you keep beating those teams is great. I would, I would just be wallowing in the fact of where the team is in the league. So your pessimistic view of our results this season obviously hasn't gone amiss uh, from West Ham fans. Um, have you ever been in a situation where your predictions have led to fans chanting your name at games? So I hear... It's never happened before. But, you know, you know, the really funny thing about this is I go to a lot of games for, for more so for Radio 5 than the telly. And everybody stops me and says, oh, last week you predicted this and you predicted that. And I have, I have this stock answer, which is, guys, I'm not being funny. If, if, I, if I could predict fo- football results every week in the Premier League, do you think I'd be coming to Oldham on a cold, wet Wednesday night? Or would I be sat on my boat in the Bahamas? Let's discuss that for a nanosecond. Uh-huh. Right, we've got a game against a big team this weekend, Loro. Man City, how do you see us getting on? 
How are you going to get beat? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I, I just I was at City at the weekend against Palace, and in all honesty, they didn't play very well in the first half. Palace were good, but couldn't score, and then gave a stupid goal away. Well, gave two away in the end. But I, th- I think City are going to get the bit between the teeth now because Aguero's back. He's played his three or four games, got rid of his rustiness, start scoring goals. De Bruyne is obviously playing well. You've got Sterling to come in. Yo-Yo Toure was on the bench at the weekend. He came on. Silver's starting to look like the player that he is. So, they're not good defensively. So, I think you'll probably score. But I'd probably have to go for City. I just have a, have a funny feeling about City. Might go on a bit of a long run now. Not just because it's West Ham, but whoever they're going to play at the moment. Lastly, Mark, we're in the relegation zone on your predictions. But on 35 points yeah. in the real table, big question... Can you yeah. see us staying up? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say no to that, am I? Listen, I'm not being funny because this this is the year. This is the year where you can make the Europa League. It really seriously is because you know I was at I was at Liverpool, Man City, and Liverpool. In fairness, didn't deserve to lose. Deserved more out of the game. And and, and sorry, Liverpool, Man United, and, and Man, Man United on the day were unbelievably average, but they won, and they're, they're going to finish in the top four now. I would say, actually, I think West Ham have got better individuals than Manchester United. They don't just have as many because, obviously, it's the size of squads and stuff. But th- this will be the year where Europa League is achievable. You know what's going to happen now, don't you? I'm going to start to be really nice to West Ham and they're going to get, they're going to get pelted every week. <laughs> Good, let's keep it as it is. No, exactly. Call it quits. Thanks, Mark. No problem. Pleasure. There we go, Mark Lawrenson. So, Spencer, has, is, has he emerged from that interview any higher in your esteem? Not really. I mean, <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's funny because so we're all annoyed that we get painted as the underdog or whatever, and he's predicting us to lose. Then we start doing okay this season. And he starts saying we've all got we've got better teams than Man United. And we've got like I would argue that our team is definitely playing better than them, better football, but. How can like, if we have got a better team, better individuals than Man United, then something somewhere has gone drastically wrong <laughs> in Manchester United for them to like? I think our players are playing better, definitely. Mm. But the amount of money that's been spent on those guys, we're either, we're either the underdog, and then we start winning, and everyone starts saying like, they don't want to give us any praise. They don't want to say the players are playing really well. Well mm. done. Something's going really right at West Ham. They're saying, oh yeah, your players were as good as Man United, though, aren't they? It's like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're doing really well. <laughs> Bianca, what do you make of that, Lauro? I thought he came across really well. And yeah. to be fair to him, looking at those um, predictions that he made, you know, Man City to beat us, Chelsea to beat us. The only ones I would disagree with really is Southampton at home um, and Bournemouth away. The other ones you could probably, especially at the beginning of the yeah. season, you could see why he would have gone for those. But I'm glad that he was wrong. Yeah. It's nice. To be fair, I think the Southampton one, because we played them after they smashed Arsenal, didn't we? Well, also yeah. last season, didn't they play us off the park, uh, Southampton at home? Yeah, well, they've, they've that was that a terrible years, result, wasn't really? it, last season? So yeah. you can kind of understand it, but it's always nice when pundits get it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and I think fair play to Mark Lawrenson for doing this because yeah. obviously, you know, he's been getting a lot of abuse from the terraces. So I can't believe people care team. about what he thinks, though. <laughs> I know. I really like, don't. Why do, they, why do people let it get to I them? Know. And I like, like, by his own admission, he doesn't know what he's doing. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. congratulations. It's lucky he yeah. doesn't gamble, otherwise he'd be destitute <laughs> exactly. by now. To be fair yeah. to him, though, he's got, he does deserve credit because he's probably the one out of 
everyone on TV that, that can take the most and not he, he <laughs> yeah. doesn't care yeah. so he's yeah. just like he rolls with the punches so yeah. fair play to him mm. yeah fair play thank you Mark Lawrence for agreeing to that interview um, in terms of the last two fixtures since our last podcast we had Bournemouth down in Bournemouth Spencer we won 3-1 great night what a night what a, two free kicks in one game the only time I could remember two free kicks going in a West Ham game was when against us Everton Bain scored two against us mm. in last yeah. season um but amazing, Payet's first start back. You know, Valencia's free kick was arguably better than Payet's, I'd say, like because of the angle. Um, we didn't. We, we we obviously were one 0 down for a large segment of the game, so it looked, we left it quite late. But great three points, mm. loved it, and got a bit of revenge as well because they did us at home, didn't they, in that four three match? Yeah. So that was great. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Good times, Bianca. Yeah, I was really pleased. I mean, I do have a little soft spot for Bournemouth, but I was happy that we smashed them anyway. Sorry about that, <laughs> Cherries. But um, I agree. I I preferred Valencia's free kick. I just the, the angle of it. It was just so unexpected. Um, you kind of expect a bit of magic from Payet, mm, but Valencia yeah. hasn't really sort of got going as much as probably we would have hoped. But I think he's just starting to kick on now, mm. and he's been playing really well the last few uh, few games. Yeah, so it was nice. It was nice to take three points down there. That, that free kick reminded me a bit of the Ronaldo free kick from years ago. Remember against Portsmouth? Portsmouth. It's almost yeah. the exact same angle. Yeah. Hit the ball quite similarly. Yeah. Obviously, when Ronaldo does it, everyone goes on about it forever. And yeah. it seems like the Valencia one got kind of left because there's a couple of free kicks that game. Apart from West Ham fans, no one was really going on about it. <laughs> but I know, it's great. It's great everyone free was kick. raving about the Payet one, but nobody really seemed to sort of talk about Valencia. And, and I mean, it was quality. Yeah. yeah. The Payet one's a deflection as well, isn't it? Doesn't it come off the head? Slightly, like, I think so. Because it, yeah. it's really unnatural kind of curl dip to the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the thing that does that Valencia one is that the Ronaldo one had such a good angle because the camera yeah. is right behind it, whereas this is at an angle. But he can strike a ball, can't he? We've seen it a good yeah. like, hull last year. Oh, what, a goal, yeah. what a goal that was. He's yeah. got it in his locker, definitely. He did a great cross for Antonio's goal against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I really rate, rate Valencia. He just had, that, had a couple of really annoying injuries, getting injured like when he basically came back from that first injury, got injured straight away again. Mm. And we did spend quite a bit of money on him, to be fair, though, didn't we? It was quite a big... quite a big. That's not had as... Because he got some goals almost straight away when he first came last season, there wasn't that kind of microscope on his performances like there has been, say, Andy Carroll kept getting injured. But it was like... Was it up to 15 million we spent on everything? 12 to yeah. 15? Yeah. Yeah. I think Sacco had such an explosive start, though, yeah. as well. He kind of sort of took all of the, the, the limelight, mm. didn't he, from Valencia. And after... Valencia's injury he kind of sort of fell by the wayside a bit but he works really hard he's got more to his game than just being sort of skillful on the ball and he tracks back and you know he's um, tenacious and he doesn't stop working that's what I like about him mm. um, One man who didn't have such a great game Adrian I mean that that, that bit of a howler slit in that first one Yeah but we can, you can let Adrian off can't you because yeah. how many games has he won us Definitely. Or, or kept yeah. us in like he's, he's not I always say with some keepers, some good, you've got some you've got great keepers, you've got really good keepers who like, have a mare in them, and you know like X amount of times <laughs> a season they're going to do that. Mm. I don't class Adrian as one of those keepers. I think it's pretty solid. Like mm. rarely does he do anything like that. So yeah, he's allowed to do it as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Because it's, <laughs> it's so hard being a goalkeeper. He made a couple one. of saves, I think, late on in that game as well, and uh, he scores penalties. So <laughs> yeah. great ratio. Great to have that in your arsenal. Yeah. Great to have that in your arsenal. Um, so that that victory equaled our record of eight unbeaten in the Premier League. I mean, what a time to be alive. Until the next game. Yeah. Equaled it. It was great. It was a great record. Great record. And how, but, I mean, not to take away from that, because it is amazing, but a lot of draws in there. Mm. Yeah. A lot of draws in there. But the, the, a large part of that spell was with four or five first-team players out. Mm. So it is impressive. 
Um, Bianca, how much did you enjoy Payette and the fans' kind of relationship in that game? It really kind of sealed the deal. The love affair was sealed in that game, do you not think? Yeah, I I love watching that sort of develop between the fans Mm. and him. And it's been such a long time since we've had a player like him um, who really kind of sort of captures the imagination and sort of embodies what West Ham players and what West Ham fans are all about, you know skillful got a bit of magic about him you know the Paolo Di Canio type so, and he loves it as well yeah, he he's does, really he he's milking it now mm. so, so and yeah. it's great and he's got his song that has been stolen but we yeah. no, I'm not happy oh, about that talk about that do you, do you think that you know how like we still still, still well, not so much anymore but used to still sing Paolo Di Canio for years after he left do you yeah. think like 10 years from now it'll be like we had Paolo at cast tense yeah maybe yeah. But then the Newcastle fans did kind of have a version yeah, of that so. that they were singing well, yeah. uh, about Kabai. So who are the thieves here? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I looked at this today. Someone said the Newcastle fans had it and they, their chant was sort of don't sell Kabai. Yeah. Johan can Okay. Buy. So then that was early 2014. So we had, you know, I there mean, is a bit of plagiarism. The real yeah. copyright belongs to B. Ray Cyrus, right? <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> like, we're going to bring it up anyway. He's, he's the one that's really annoyed sitting at home. I mean, he's going to be on the show next week. Him, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Billy? Yeah, we need to yeah. get his opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, uh, it's difficult, but I saw obviously, if those unaware, Arsenal have stolen the chart for Meza Ozil. I mean, how did you feel, Spence, when you first heard that news? Listen, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's this whole kind of Ozil Pyatt thing that I got embroiled in a while ago. Um, I'm going to get bogged down in it, but basically, after the um, Arsenal game, when we beat them 2-0, I made a video on my YouTube channel saying, and it was, you have to get beyond the title, because in the title I said, <laughs> it's a free word, I said, you know, like the greater than symbol. I just said Pyatt greater than Ozil, right? But- Let's paint a picture. Inflammatory. Of, let's paint a picture of when I said it though. Yeah. Start of the season, Ozil hadn't done his record-breaking run of assists. He was coming off the back of two, I'd say, mediocre seasons for Arsenal uh, to his standard. Anyway, what he'd done in previous clubs. And then I went on in that video to say, look, I'm not actually saying Payet is better at football than Ozil. What I'm saying is I wouldn't swap them mm. because I, as a fan, I find Payet much more entertaining to watch for 90 minutes because yeah. Ozil has got a moment of brilliance in him and he can pick out a pass. Excellent, but Payet. Looks like at least he covers more ground. I've recently been a lot of Arsenal fans have sent me lots of stats. Don't worry about that. And show me apparently Ozil does cover loads of ground. But Payet looks like he works hard. Definitely like hasn't got that lethargic nature to, to him that Ozil has. And he scores more goals, which mm-hmm. is obviously important in a team like West Ham where you haven't got five six attacking midfielders scoring loads of goals every week. Anyway, off the back of that, obviously Ozil's been amazing for Arsenal. But also now, anytime I say anything about Ozil, it just get all these people tweeting me and stuff. So, <laughs> so listen, I still not, wouldn't swap him though, would you? No, no, I, would, I stand by the comment. I stand by the comment. Sure. I just the difference is now it's it's harder to make that comment because Ozil's been so great. Mm. But um, no, I love Pyatt. I love mm. him, and I think he loves us because I like to think he does anyway. Because he he's such a big name at our club. Like he's the king of West Ham mm. right now. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's new to the country. Hopefully we've helped him settle in quite quickly. But, yeah, I just don't feel like... Mes- I feel Mesut Ozil, he's been at Real Madrid before, so he's like come to Arsenal, theoretically might look at that as a move down, whereas Payet, yeah, mm. Marseille, a European club, but it's come to the Premier League, the bright lights, etc. Mm. I don't know, I think we've just given him that opportunity reasonably late in his career, in that sense. So I think there's definitely a, a more affection between a West Ham fan and, and Pyatt than there Pyatt's is. Pyatt's a bit more dazzling to watch as well, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, tricky, That's isn't he? Why. Exciting. Yeah. 
Don't get that from Ozil so much. And interesting, Spencer, when he scored against Bournemouth, he was straight in the fans, getting a booking for the celebration. I mean, this bromance is next level, right? I mean, he like, he just needs to... I can't wait. I, hopefully he's learning English. Because I think once he learns English, the next... like I heard him speak in an interview the other day, and I never really heard him speak before, mm. like his French accent. And he did quite a slightly different voice to what I imagined he had, and that didn't change as I still love him. But he's like, <laughs> What do you mean? What was, was his voice It was just a bit like? deeper than I thought it would be. Oh, oh I really? thought he was like, he was squeaky or something. Oh, no, he's not squeaky. Love, love, trust me, lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I just think like, that's the next level thing when he, when he learns English and we can hear more. But not that we need to. You can just watch <laughs> so him play know. football. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I love the guy. I think... Uh, I just hope that it's. Uh, I got a dog on the weekend, and I very close, nearly called him Dimitri. Oh, I was tempted to. Dimitri's a good name for a dog. It's a good name, but I was just. Re- and it sounds. I don't want to be pessimistic, but I was you just so worried that he just could get sold at the end of the season. I'm <laughs> left with yeah. a dog called Dimitri. <laughs> you tell sounds like that. a magician or something. Um, <laughs> but he is a magician. That's like next level to getting a name on your shirt. Like I think twice about that in case a player leaves. But a dog. That's you're looking at twenty years potentially. Exactly. Well, yeah. it, the breed is called a Shiba Inu, and this and the oldest dog of all time was a Shiba Inu, and he lived to forty-two years old. <laughs> So oh, I, could, wow. I, mean, I could be like in my seventies with a dog called Dimitri. Yeah, like, yeah especially if he went to Tottenham or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. you'd, have to, you'd have to have him put down. <laughs> Once he retires and he reaches that, like you could call a dog Paolo, you could call a dog Tony, yeah, yeah. you could call a dog Trevor. But Dimitri's not quite earned that, but he's not far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want like legend status, don't yeah, you? You want yeah. that in the well, bag. Yeah, my family dog's called Bobby after Bobby Moore. Oh, really? So there's a history of it. Yeah, yeah nice. Oh, there you go. What's yeah. what the shortlisted names then? Have you just listed it's, them it's off been there? called Joey now. He's got oh, the name Joey. Uh, after O'Brien. <laughs> I'd like to think Cole. Not people have said that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, either's fine. Actually, neither. But, um, but uh, no, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a, not a football related name. But um, <laughs> there was a few options. But yeah, I didn't go down the football route in the end. We went with Joey. Wise decision. Yeah, safe, isn't it? Safe, safe. bet. Yeah, safe, safe bet. bet. He didn't look like a Dimitri either. I'll show you a picture later. He didn't look like a Dimitri. <laughs> okay. <Can suit> him. <laughs> um, in other news from that Bournemouth game, it's kind of sadder news, Andy Carroll out for a month. Um, Bianca, he's brittle, isn't he? Oh, no, he's made a glass. Bless him. Um, it's so disappointing, isn't it? Um, you just wonder how long this is going to mm. go on for. Um, I really thought, especially after... Slaven talking um, about how he was really fit now and it was his time and he had to start proving himself and then this happens. And it seems it's not even just one sort of located area. It's his ankle, it's his knee, it's his... God knows what else, his hamstring. It's just everywhere. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. He's not even training though, hardly, is he? But it's just been saying like he's yeah. barely training. Oh. Like they're taking zero... Not even just... Carol, there's a couple of players. They're like getting to train very little to stop this happening and it's just it's just he's cursed he's cursed <laughs> I mean, you could, is, is it good timing maybe because it's January transfer window but are we going to spend any money are we going to get anyone like I people have been asking me for, for a few weeks who should we get in the window and I kept saying we shouldn't get anyone we shouldn't need to we just need mm. to, get, to get back from fitness because we had such a good summer window mm. I think I think it's unfair to ask the board to, to get anyone else when it, we had it so well but we are just getting so unlucky with injuries yeah. particularly to the attacking players now mm. you know, Jelovic got another goal uh, against Newcastle, but still, like I wouldn't want to rely. Do you want to start with him, really? No. Not when we've got people like when Lanzini comes back. You've got like Payet behind him, Lanzini mm. behind him. The options are like Antonio's looking really good, Valencia, um, Moses. It's really you need someone at the, the pinnacle of that that justifies it. Carroll mm. can be that guy mm. on his day, yeah. but um, I'd maybe just look down the leagues and sort of get someone. That was Charlie Austin, right? We missed the chance. That was he. Was, he yeah, was he wild. does all right for someone with four no million. knees. Four million. <laughs> but uh, David Gold said in the papers he's on a hundred grand a week. That's a lot of money. I mean, come on. 
But you, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a mathematician, but you got to work out. Like <laughs> they wanted to sell him for 15 in the summer. No one was prepared to pay that. People were prepared to pay, I think, around 10. Mm. So work out how. I mean, how, it probably won't take long to make that other six million in 100 grand a week, would it? But mm. um, to make it 10 million, but I, don't, I don't know. I, I think years, he was the obvious it, four one. Four-year contract mm. he's got, which is quite a long time, really. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, past the medical 5.2 and... million a year. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, how much would you, regardless of of value, how much would you say is worth a week, Charlie Austin? Well, fifty. Yeah, we had the chairman. Obviously, we we kind of uh, spoiled the ointment slightly on this podcast when the chairman said he wouldn't sign him, and it made all the papers because he said mm. he was cropped. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. So maybe we destroyed the, any chance we had of getting Charlie Austin, and for yeah. that. He wasn't happy about it. <laughs> who are we, we going to get said then? We've got, we've got to present an alternative us. option. <laughs> it's, it's down to us three because we're brilliant. Who is there? Like, I think you're right. Maybe getting someone lower league, but I don't know who there is in there. Like that, that Damari Gray guy has gone to Leicester. He's more of a winger, but he he was another one that was, a lot of clubs were looking at. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who we could get. I don't know who to expect. Yelovich. Oh, there'll was be no, good. there'll be no sort of proven no. striker down there. Mm. Someone like Naki Wells at Huddersfield scores goals. Not sure sort of how much money it'd be. And, uh, who knows if they'll do it in the Premier League? But uh, Benikafobe sort of got off to a good start. It mm-hmm. just depends if if you're lucky. But Naki Wells look... is a is a good little player. I'd, I'd definitely take a look at him. Maybe we could look at a loan deal. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the one with, the ones in the Prem that, that keep people people get uh, keep getting linked to with is Remy. A lot of clubs have been yeah. linked to Remy. <clears throat> I'm not sure how I feel about him, but I think he'd score goals for us. But allegedly, we couldn't do a loan. We've already done our two Premier oh, of course, League loan yeah, deals, we can't do it. Apparently, I don't understand right. the science of that. But yeah, yeah. We, we can't get another loan, so we'd have to sign him. Do, do you think Spencer that Jelovic could do the job for the rest of the season? Well, I thought when we got him, Jelovic was a good signing because he was like fourth choice, and it was like we needed someone to be there. Mm. But no, never thought we were going to have. I don't know why we did it. We should have thought it, but <laughs> Carol Sacco both out at the same time. Obviously, Vlench was out for a long time. Zerate has shown things, but I'm being more frustrated with him than I. Like, I loved him. I loved him last season purely for his virtual performances on FIFA. <laughs> 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 and then I saw just and the football manager he was good as well. And based on that, I wanted to see him give him more of a chance. He came in, scored against Arsenal, scored a really good goal in the Europa League, um, yeah. sort of a uh, solo goal, and. We'd go, we'd me and my brothers, and we'd be watching, and we'd say every week, I'd say, look, he's not, he has, he's not always amazing, ninety minutes, but he's, he tends to have a goal in him when he starts. Often that was the case. Recently though, like against Wolves, he really frustrated me in the FA Cup because he just tries too much. I think mm. he, he thinks that he. He's playing Not FIFA. necessarily he's better than he is, but he thinks that he has to do the like, the big end product every time and mm-hmm. won't always look for the easy options. So I don't feel like I'm confident in him leading the line. To your original question of Jelovic, I think he was a good little purchase for us to get late in the day as an option, but you never really want him to be a starting player, do you? It's not it's not mm-hmm. it's not inspiring. He wasn't he stopped scoring in the Premier League before he went down with Hull, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a couple of goals of us, and I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He works really hard when he's come on and when he started, but he's not gonna get us more than four or five goals to the end of the season if he starts every game, I don't think. Um, do you agree, Bianca? Yeah, I do. I think he runs around a lot um, and he looks like he's working hard and he probably is, but I don't know. He doesn't fill me with great confidence. I, I saw him at the beginning of the season when he was still playing for Hull at Charlton and, and I just thought it there. I just thought he he wasn't quite as sharp as he could be. 
I did hope that maybe Bilic would bring something out of him. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he has got a couple of goals and that is great, but I wouldn't want him leading the line. I don't think he's strong enough. I don't think he's got enough stamina across the 90 minutes. And he's certainly not prolific. And he never really has been, has he? Mm. Yeah, like he was a couple Everton. of weeks when he first signed. He was really, he yeah, was but even when he was at Everton, he'd yeah. scored goals, but he was never kind of like a 10, 15, no. 20 goal a season type mm. striker. So His goal against Wolves was unbelievable. Great yeah, strike. Yeah. Where did that come from? Exactly. Where did it come from? Because it literally <laughs> wasn't even visible for the whole 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But it was great against Newcastle, that goal, you know, he sort of didn't didn't give up. He saw the pass coming back. I was impressed with that, you yeah, know. Yeah. So he's got it in him, but I just don't think he he's our man sort of to, to lead the line. It's the nature of a football fan to always want more. And we sort of get, we've started getting used to us playing, or at least starting the season well like we did last year and this year. So now we want more. And I feel like I'm pushing it a bit by saying this, but I just feel like like if you like I said earlier if you can put a really good striker not a world class one but a decent prolific striker along with those creative players we've mm. now got we're going to re- we're going to score a lot of goals mm. we're just missing that final piece I think we of the need puzzle. someone younger as well yeah 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 yeah. Got a bit more energy. Someone like Danny, if we'd got Danny Ings off Burnley and he hadn't yeah. and he hadn't just got injured mm. like he did, yeah. he would have been a perfect level <clears throat> player for us. Like not a world beater, but just a solid goal scorer. Mm. Fifteen goals a season in the Premier League. Like you know, like Carlton Cole's still our highest Premier League goal scorer of all time. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most depressing facts I've ever heard. Someone that. can get that. Though. Someone can beat that in two good years. I'm telling you, if we sign someone who is just really good for a couple of years and then goes, he will become a leading Premier League because he seems to get 20 goals. So it's yeah. possible. But there are players in the lower leagues. I mean, you look at Bournemouth, they've, they've got the likes of Callum Wilson, who can score goals. Benica mm. Fobes, we saw. Charlie Austin, Sam Votes can score goals. Um... You know, I really think it's time that the powers that be sort of start looking lower legs because you'll get them for a lot cheaper. It's where we found Aaron Cresswell. Yeah. yeah exactly. Jamie Vardy. Everton have just picked yeah. up Sam Byram, the right back as well. Yeah, Jamie Vardy's a great example. There's, there's players out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, just quickly on to Rate, Bianca. Are you, are you done with him? Uh, I was never really... No, no, I I never really fancied him in the first place. Well, exactly. I don't even know what that's all about. I I gather he's good on that. (laughs) To be fair, this year he's not even good. Last year he was good. Yeah, um, no, I never really fancied him, to be honest. So... I'm I'm a bit indifferent towards him. Yeah, obviously he was described by Jerry Barton as a bad egg when QPR went down. Yeah. But Spencer, you've met him, right? I have yeah, you I've played, met him. You played him at FIFA. Listen, he was really really nice when I met him. He it, so to give you a bit of context, so I did a series on my YouTube channel called The Zarati Kid, Karate Kids, right? Very close. Yeah. And um, I used to wear a, a whole karate thing that every time as well, and I wore it when I met him just for the pure jokes of it. And um, so I showed him the series, like, and instantly he thought it was funny. He doesn't didn't speak great English a little bit. Mm. Uh, enough to have a little conversation, but he was just laughing at the fact that he saw me dressed in a like, karate kid style playing FIFA with Zerati. And he's really nice, like really cheerful, seemed like quite a happy character, but I get the impression that I think he just wants to be in this team. If he's in the team every week and starting, I think he'll, he'll be, he won't be a disruptive influence or anything. Mm. Obviously, that wasn't the case last season at West Ham. wasn't the case when he went on loan to QPR either. And I don't I, necessarily see that as a bad thing, though. I don't, I don't I think that's a bad if thing. If you want to, you know, you're... A, player you're professional play, yeah. you, you mm. want to play uh, alright maybe you shouldn't disrupt other people if you're not in the team yeah I think I, I don't know the exact thing but I think with QPR he wasn't playing so he just wasn't coming to training sometimes and stuff and I think that starts to get a bit because it's, it's like there's youth players for instance that won't be playing but they think oh it's okay if I don't do that yeah. and I think um, he, the other problem is what is arguably more disruptive and I know it would annoy me 
if I was playing in the team with him, it's just the way he actually plays when he is playing sometimes. He just doesn't play easy passes. Like, he, mm. he, he, fair enough. I like it that when he's on the edge of the box, he wants to hit one. It's good to have players like that because he has scored a few of them mm. and he's scored three kicks and he's, he's done good things. But sometimes he'll be, you know, barely into the opposition half and he'll just try something he's no right to really try. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that would annoy me more. If I was playing with you, I'd be like, what are you doing, Mauro? Come on, like, we'll do a one-two. You'll get it back later. You know, Mark Noble's not going to try and bang one from 40 yards. He'll, get, he'll give it back to you. <laughs> yeah. But he just won't look like it. That's what annoys me. Yeah. Well, he could be on his way out. So, But if he goes, like, I actually don't think we can get rid of him. No, I mean, if he goes, we surely, have to replace surely him. we're replacing him if he goes. I mean, there's rumours of, was it Zaza? It's been talked yeah. about for quite a while now. Well, he, I don't get the Zaza thing because we talked about a link with him like the second he signed for Juve. So, because that was going to be a loan at the time, I'm guessing. Yeah. And, and can it, we can still loan him even though we've got the two I think Premier League. Because it's an international loan, it's okay. Oh, God. The loan yeah. system. We need, to, we need to ring Chelsea for some advice. Exactly. I don't know enough about Zaza. Yeah. No, the chairman loves him. Well, we spoke earlier in the season, and I think we were quite close to the deal. And the chairman's a massive fan. I think Slavin yeah. fancies him too, but I know I don't really know anything no, about I him. No, I don't. I haven't yeah. seen enough of him. Yeah, he looks older than he is. Yeah, if that, if that helps. <laughs> okay, put that on the scout uh, report. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, but that's yeah. bad for you. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now James Longman is, is obviously left us and gone to LA. And uh, this week he was lucky enough to be joined with Morgan Freeman, uh, who's a big West Ham fan, obviously. And they had a, a quick quiz. So here it is. I'm absolutely honoured to be joined by Morgan Freeman for our very first 30 second quiz, the Hollywood Podcast Special. Morgan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you recently directed and starred in an episode of Series 2 of Madam Secretary, which you also exec produce. It's coming to the UK very soon. Now, your special subject is English football teams. Out of interest, who do you support? West Ham. OK, you have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Name the team who started off life as Thames Ironworks. West Ham. Which team have a statue at a stadium commemorating the three World Cup winning players who played for them? West Ham. Which team won the FA Cup in 1980, beating Arsenal 1 0? West Ham. John Hartson and Paul Kitson were bought in January 1997 and scored 12 goals between them in 13 games to save which team from relegation? West Ham. Ron Greenwood managed England, but which club did he manage before the national team? West Ham. Which team was the last to win at Highbury and the first to win at the Emirates? West Ham. Which team are leaving the bowling ground to move into the Olympic Stadium next season? West Ham. Which team that played in Claret and Blue was founded in 1882? West Ham. No, the answer is Burnley. Thanks, Morgan. You scored a remarkable nine with no passes. Finally, West Ham have got a top-of-the-table clash within for Man City this weekend. Who do you think will win? West Ham. Next week, Morgan will be continuing the podcast Hollywood special with a food round. Here's a, here's a teaser. What type of meat do you honey glaze? Ham. What is a well-known brand of tinned tuna? John West Come on, you irons. The News of Other Brown West Ham podcast is brought in association with 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. West Ham to beat Man City is 12 to 1 on your first bet uh, with 888sport. Spence, I mean, that is mental. That's great odds, considering we've beaten a lot of big teams, including City this season already. Yeah. 12 to 1. I think that's, I'd get on that. <laughs> I mean, you'd be mad not to. Yeah. You can get that bet. 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. Uh, there you go. Guys, uh, Morgan Freeman on the podcast there is a West Ham, big West Ham fan. Who would have uh, who would have thought? He absolutely loves it. <laughs> I love the way scene. he says West Ham. <laughs> no, <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, guess more from James going forward. Um, 
So, the most recent result, Newcastle 2, West Ham 1. Um, just a lightning start from Newcastle, Spencer. We were never really in it, were we? John Joe Shelby factor. Ugh. John Joe Shelby's a game changer. I've been saying publicly for a while now, I wanted us to sign him. Now, I'm not saying he's the best player in the world. I think the reason I liked him, and I will say I've changed my mind a little bit on what he said in the press conference when he signed from Swansea, but I think he's a very good level player for West Ham. Mm. Um, and he can create really good things when he's on his game he does have the odd bad game but he's a West Ham boy yeah, formerly fan. in our academy a fan. Yep. we let him slip and uh, you, what he did against Newcastle is a great example of what he can do when he does play well he got both if you like pre-assists the pass before the assist with both times him one of which well the second one was an amazing switch and the first one was a really nice pass into um, Wijnaldum before the pass so I think it's just a bit. We get we tend to get quite unlucky with that sort of thing. We play a lot of people when they've just got a new manager. Mm. Mm. We're going to play City soon when they've got Aguero back and they're firing again. And you know, Shelby just went, obviously empowered Newcastle to to do a performance which was pretty convincing, like compared to their other performances this season, most of them. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not um, obviously I'm always unhappy when we don't get a result, but again, I don't think we can complain with the recent form. It wasn't for one of trying. You know we're gonna get back. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bounce back with a win soon. I'm sure. Maybe not on the weekend. I don't know. But you never know. You do yeah. never know. It yeah. could be. Imagine if we did that against City, like mm. six points. I don't know. But no, yeah, the Newcastle game is a shame. But at least we're not competing with them. Yeah, Sh- Shelby Bianca. Where do you firstly on him? Yeah, he was just on one, wasn't he? Uh, he's gonna win the Balloon d'Or if he can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just unlucky that day. He he just slotted in straight away, didn't he? Mm. he was. He was spraying it around like Mr. Sheen. It's, but I think that is the kind of midfielder we are crying out for. Someone who yeah. can pick a pass, 60-yard yeah. diagonal, you know. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't tend to have players who can sort of do that. But we were unlucky, really, that he was just on one because without him, Newcastle wouldn't have picked us apart like that. Mm. Mark Noble got a bit of criticism, Spencer. Did, right? yeah. But, I mean, where do you, what did you think? I think I didn't, he didn't have his best game, but I think Mark. I feel like Mark Noble's performances have been quite inconsistent this year because mm. he had a really good game against Liverpool when we played them recently. Um, I think he does play better at home generally, but I, I, I don't. I don't really know how I feel about Mark Noble because it's something like I feel like he. One thing I do think about Mark Noble is that he would play a lot worse for any other club. I think he loves West Ham so much, and he, and he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you can see it in his performances. He, if he went to Norwich or somewhere, I think he'd be half the player he is. Mm. But having said that, you know, he he he's one of the people that, for instance, if we were to sign Shelby, that's probably whose place he would take in the team. Mm. He would do Mark Noble's job, arguably a little Be- bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he wouldn't necessarily love West Ham as much as Noble would and be that guy. But I think if we're going to progress to the European level of like Europa League consistency Mark as much as it pains me to say it's probably one of the players that would need replacing long term because I don't think he's consistent enough mm. Bianca where do you stand on that Mark oh. Noble I don't, mean, t- I don't mean we get rid of him in testimonial year getting kicked out <laughs> of the team uh, yeah keep him around <laughs> I know the, yeah. our, our skipper um, yeah he didn't have a great game but I don't think anyone had a great game either and I, you're right he, he has been inconsistent this season and it would, I'd be devastated if he was out of the team. But you know, you have to think sort of long term. If everyone what? was fit now, like, would you start him in the team? If if everyone's fit and firing, who would your like midfield free be? That's the question. I think Noble, like he, like you say, he's too inconsistent. And like if Alex Song's firing and playing well, you'd put him before 
before Noble, I think, and it's just you're right. He's I don't think Are he's you quite drop your on captain, his, though. I know, but I guess we that's, had this same thing. It's with a bit Dolan, of a bur- it's we? a bit of a burden, isn't it? The captain's armband sometimes like it keeps players in the team when maybe they don't deserve to be, and certainly that was maybe with the case with Nolan last year. Mm. One thing I also about Noble is I did a video with uh, Collins, Jenkinson, and Tomkins, and they all said that he was the like funniest guy in the dressing room and like that like I didn't necessarily know that about him that he was like the, the life and soul of the party and I think if he's got that to his game as well yeah, not he's, his a game, great, but... he's a great character and also he's very well respected and he's been mm. there for so long I think he he can lift the team as well yeah and... if players want to play well for him <coughs> yeah it doesn't exactly necessarily, mm. him being the team doesn't always have to transpire as what he does on the ball that helps us it might actually they might like playing with him more than they like playing with someone else mm. so yeah. there's a value to that yeah. for sure yeah definitely um, and then lastly, McLaren getting one over Slaven Bilic at last. He, he must be delighted. Bilic still up on aggregate there. <laughs> we did him two 0 at home. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I think that doesn't mean anything to Bilic, does it? I'm not bothered. Like, I've got no chip on my shoulder yeah. about that. I have it, Steve. Yeah. Um, but McLaren needed it. Like yeah, Newcastle needed it in general. Um, big win for them, but. Mm. Uh, I know who I'd rather have in charge of West Ham. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not English. Uh, dark memories, Bianca, of McLaren and Bilic's first meeting, England, Croatia, 2008. Yeah, um, dark memories. I, to be honest, the England stuff, I don't, I don't really take any notice of it until we're in a tournament. And, yeah. you know, I just kind of forget about it. Hence why he didn't take any notice of McLaren. That era passed you by. Imagine Billich getting an umbrella out. It's not going to happen. Nah. He'll get his hat out. That was beanie. just, that was just cringy, wasn't it? And mm. um, I actually quite like Steve McLaren, to be honest. I don't know if this is controversial because a lot of people don't really have much time for him. But um, he's a he's a decent he's a decent guy. Yeah, I think he's a good guy. I just yeah. don't think yeah he's not necessarily. I'm most... not sure he's like a, a top class. Yeah. Manager, but um, you know he's he's doing all right up there now. I think he I think he might turn it around. Yeah, tough gig. Um, well, Spencer, let's have a chat about yourself. So, I mean, first, since the, your first appearance, between your first appearance and now, you've got a YouTube channel with over one million subscribers. Yeah, strength to strength. Whit Pretty crazy. Yeah, I think I was just about to look, like kick off the channel um, mm. when my last came on here. So it's been pretty crazy two years. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, honestly, I, I always like set targets and things and I actually found them the other day and I found I'd made some targets around that time and I never thought I'd be anywhere near where I, is, I am now on the channel. So it's, yeah, it's been amazing. And some of your videos as well, you met the Sullivans, like you say, to yeah. Arte, the players. Yeah, there's been some great West Ham related videos. I uh, I, do, I I got a season ticket with my, my brothers and my dad. So we go every home game and I always vlog the games, which basically means I film our reactions to it. And uh, the best one this season was um, West Ham Chelsea. Not only because we won, because after the game, me and the Southern boys were just kicking the ball around yeah, on the pitch. Done that. I did pull my hamstring at the same time. <laughs> so, and it was slightly made it worse, but no, it's still incredible. Oh, you can't and, criticise Carol then. Are you doing your own hamstring? No, my minutes to hamstring injury on that pitch is like three minutes to injury, so it's terrible. I'm worse than Carol, but. Um, <laughs> But I still scored the penalty I took on it. Um, <laughs> but no, no, yeah, it's been really good this year. The club have been really good. They've invited me to a lot of things. Yeah, we did the day at the training ground where I played FIFA with a lot of the guys. Uh, did that thing I was mentioning with Collins, uh, Tomkins and Jenkinson when they launched their new hospital thing. So, yeah, the club have been really good, actually. And uh, it's just nice that they recognise it and they let me come down and do stuff. So you vlog during the game? Yes, yeah, so I'll be. what I'll do is I'll, I don't film any of the match. So like yeah, something's about to happen, I'll just yourself. start filming myself like this. And yeah. the main thing is when there's a goal, I'll just, we'll all celebrate. Yeah. 
yeah. get all the people behind you going crazy. Yeah. And uh, and I quickly reacted to it. It's not just the games, like the whole day. So we're like, we do a little food review. We, got, we went to the Rib Man the other day, which nice. was great. Um, and we'll do a little chat after the match of what we thought about it and stuff. And then every now and then something cool happens, like the going to the the pitch or it's a really good result or we go for a drink afterwards and it's just fun there's little videos but it's just do them every every home game yeah, yeah. um and then when, when you played on the pitch so what end did you go to firstly um we went to trevor brooking end uh correct yeah trevor brooking end um that was the only end i think they're only allowed because the sullivan boys do it yeah. every game yeah yeah and they always i've seen I've it, done I, it once yeah i think they always do it in that goal i think i'm not sure yeah, what the reason for that, that is but um they yeah it's so funny because sometimes if it's I did we did it another time we did it was uh, after a weeknight game and they're all in like their school clothes and stuff just <laughs> yeah. running around on the pitch it's so funny <laughs> but no they're really good lads they've been really nice to me as well actually the Sullivan guys and I actually had a um, bit of cheeky pre-match uh, went to the boardroom table with the dad as well yeah big man for a game so it's all sorts of good things happening there but um, no yeah it was really surreal going on the, going on the pitch post-match especially the reason that was so good is because it was after beating Chelsea it's like the whole day it was just this beautiful day. It was like going one nil up, then getting back in it. Carol scores the header, so it's like positives were just building up, building up. Yeah. And then you just say, guys, want to go on the pitch? I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> so it's so good. Did you help yourself to a handful of turf? Oh, I didn't, but between you and me, end of season's coming. <laughs> no, I was talking to the club about that. I was like, what do you expect to happen? Because like that's going to be crazy, surely. Like, What mm. is going to happen in that last home game? I don't yeah. know the answer to that question, but... They've got a security on, and they're going to try and stop people helping themselves and stuff. But it's safe. Ain't gonna people. happen. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like yeah. I'd love to be able to get my chair. Is that what you want? Your chair? Yeah, but I'm trying to secure it le- in legal legal method. Attempting a legal rig first. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> if that fails. But no, I mean, yeah, because that's the Mark Noble testimonial is after that. So what if there's no seats in the game? <laughs> yeah. The match can't happen, no grass. What are they going to do? <laughs> is it, so the Mark Noble testimonial is after the last game of the season? Apparently there is at least one or two games post-season. Yeah. Oh. So oh. I don't think that is... I, don't quote me on this. I'm not an official yeah. source, obviously, but... From what I know, that that uh, it's Norwich, isn't it? A last home game. It's Swansea. That's Swansea, Swansea. Sorry, yeah, Swansea. That Swansea game is not the last game on the pitch. Is what I'm. I believe. Whoa. That that's will be. A they'll soon be confirmed by someone official if that is true. They'll they'll have to mark it wherever the match is, i.e. the testimonial. But if it is the last game, then it is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy either way. Yeah. yeah I don't how the see how they're going to stop people. I just yeah. don't see how that's going to happen. Uh, Rumours rife tonight on the News of the Brown Forum board from sources at Sky that say the last game will be moved to a Monday night. Ooh. I've heard this as well. Hmm. Well, Sky employee here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Can I can't you... confirm yeah. it, no. No, can't confirm it. No. But Spence, how you feel if that's the case? I'm trying to think about it because weeknight games are quite magical. But then it's oh. Saturday, three o'clock. Is kind of like you want the whole day, don't you? Yeah, you do. And uh, take Monday off. <laughs> I have to take Tuesday off. What would the like... reason for that be, though? Like, what would the, know, is it? Is it because they want to give it its own day? Is it because yeah. of the fixture clash? I don't know because there might even be a security reason behind it. Who knows? Maybe like we're just linked to those two things mm. we talk about. Maybe there's a club method there by having it on a Monday. They think people. Not going to be able to have drunk as much because they've come from work or something. I don't know. Maybe that's they... a bit naive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll make know. time. I'll make time. Exactly. Yeah. My yeah. boss is a West Ham fan. Hit so. flask at work. Just take a sip all day. I'll be smashed. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know. But I, don't, I don't. Regardless of why it's happening, I if I had to choose personally, I'd probably go with Saturday. Yeah. I think. But it would be, it would be amazing either way. It would be amazing yeah. either way. Um, and lastly, Upton Park memories. What for you? The big standout moments. 
someone asked me this recently, and I was like trying to because my favourite West Ham memories aren't Upton Park. My favourite West Ham memories are the two playoff wins, um, which obviously were the, the, the one at Cardiff, one at Wembley. Um, Upton Park best memories probably like it's so fresh in the in the mind. Like the Chelsea win was um, this season was obviously le- valued less because it's this season everyone's been beating Chelsea anyway, so it wasn't as good. We've had a few wins. Um, I think I was at a West Ham Man U victory. Think about when I was about ten. So I have to, so I have to figure out what the year was. I don't remember when it was. <laughs> I was quite young, but then. But I, I think I'd have to go this season because it's the most fresh, and it's also a nice sign off that we had a nice win. The best thing would be if we just do Swansea in the last day, like smashed them like four 0 That would be everyone's favourite memory. I mean, in my generation anyway, because you know there hasn't been a big like. We haven't had like a big cup. Um, when did we play in the FA Cup semi-final? We played Middlesbrough, didn't we? Yeah. And that was that was a, that was a neutral Park. venue anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that wouldn't have been there. So I'm trying to think of a big standout game. I really liked the Europa League games this year. I know it wasn't against big time opposition, but yeah. it was just a nice little experience to be part of. Went to all them at home and one of the away ones. So I'll just say the Chelsea game from this year. But I'm I'm going to leave a gap, hoping it gets replaced. Yeah, maybe this mm. weekend. Maybe we do City. Who knows? I was at the game when we beat. Newcastle 8-1 and Alvin Martin God yeah, yeah got a hat got trick got the hat trick against three Pete, different goalkeepers and Pete Beardsley was in goal yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> it can't be hard to score against Peter Beardsley he's got a little isn't he <laughs> oh mate he's got a big chin <laughs> can't, can't the that chin out. save <laughs> um, well in other West Ham news Julian Faubert has given an interview and in it he said West Ham is a part of my life now when I go back to Upton Park it feels like home I spent a really good time there with crazy special fans if, if I could have finished my career at West Ham I would have done I don't know what happened when I left I had an agent who who told me they offered me something but I never saw it West Ham is just an amazing club in England in France people don't know that like don't know that club like English people do I think that's why they've had some problems with the national team but I really love that club Julian Faubert Spencer I know what happened he went to Real Madrid (laughs) (laughs) Real Madrid said do you want to come and sit on our bench for a bit and he was like yeah I'd love to I like Faubert there seems to be some kind of I feel like because I've, I've heard a few things about him and he he does love West Ham which is amazing but I feel like it's kind of like a one, one way relationship because he wasn't like I, I like him but he didn't I, maybe I'm like forgetting some of it but I, don't, I think he did play a fair few games for us over a few seasons but he was by no means like a he didn't set the world hero, on fire was he like he did no. a few good things I remember when he came to us everyone was talking cause he, I think he scored in his debut for France or scored in his second game for France and he was doing good things and everyone was like Albert guy's amazing Never really lived up to it, but yeah, it's always good. If he's loving West Ham, then obviously something's gone right at the club, and he's enjoyed it, and it's we're having a good effect on players, which bodes well for people like Payet in the future, maybe. Mm. Mm. Faubert, Bianca, good, strong memories of that man. Not, not particularly. No, I think there was a, quite a lot of expectation when he joined. So I remember looking on YouTube at a lot of the goals he'd created and scored, and I remember my brother's thinking, saying, you know, we've got we've got a real player here, but. He never really quite sort of did too much, did he? Mm, no. If Real Madrid took him, obviously he obviously was. Like, it's one of these players, like... Well, everybody was gobsmacked when that happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure and where that the, came from. You heard the story that he went to Real Madrid and then, like, the second day of training, he went out and got smashed and missed training. <laughs> and the no, next day, did he? Yeah, yeah. So that's... You well, can Google that. Well. So, like, he was... I mean... <laughs> Man's got issues. That's the biggest break of his life. That's probably because he spent a lot of time at West Ham, to be fair. I mean, Real Madrid, uh, yeah, exactly. Real Madrid loaned Adebayor a few years ago and now he can't find a club. 
So they've got a weird history of making some odd loans. I mean, he was a bit more warranted at the time, albeit fair play to Adebayo there. But but um, yeah, Felber, fair, I like I like him. Good luck to him. What's he doing? Is he, is he finished his career now? Is he he's, he's trying to get a club. I think he's talking to championship clubs this month about maybe okay. going there. Okay. But yeah, he's, he's struggling at the moment. But Adebayo, there's a name. What about that for a striker? We've well, been with him. no. <laughs> it is the, the risk, isn't it? The, no. There's two people we've been linked with, both of which PR-wise would be a disaster, which is Adebayo and Balotelli. You had the Balotelli links yeah, as well. Yeah. I, I think. can't believe we'd go for that. Who would you rather have? I think Balotelli. Balotelli. I think he's, really? I, someone I, said I don't to, want either of them, but if I had to. Did you see Brendan Rodgers on um, Goals on Sunday? No, what? It, basically, he, he didn't have a choice. Balotelli uh, was forced for, it on him. Yeah, forced it on him. And, well, I can imagine that. Cause and he was saying how you know brilliant he was in training and skillful and everything, but he just... Well, I mean, it was a disaster, wasn't it? Mm. I, I just don't think... No, I don't want him. I, I don't want Adebayo. I would either. take Adebayo over the two, over Balotelli, because I just think he he'll get more goals. I think he's he's a goals per game mm. probably in the Premier League will be a lot stronger than Balotelli's was, and um, mm. yeah, especially if it's point. a short term thing, why mm. not give him? Because he's got no club, right? Yeah. So why not just give him uh, to the end? I'm not I'm not saying we should do this, but let's say last resort, last day of the transfer window, if we get another injury or something. Like I mean, if Jelovic gets injured, <laughs> arguably a good yeah. thing. No, but give him, give him a to the end of the season contract. It's going to be expensive, but it's going to be cheaper than giving like a Charlie yeah. Austin a four-year mm. hundred grand a week, mm. and just give him a chance to get goals. I think he's still got goals in him. If it's just to the mm. end of the season, yeah. yeah. Uh, Why I'd would he not go- take that if he's got yeah. nothing else as well? He'd probably yeah. score against Tottenham at home as well. And run the whole. Run yeah. the whole <laughs> just knee slide in front of the yeah. back. Do his knee. Yeah, that- that's underground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never gonna happen, but the yeah. dream scenario is a pay to play contract yeah. until the end of the season for Adebayor. Yeah. That I think most Western fans would agree in those terms it's a yeah. good deal. Yeah. But it's not gonna happen on those terms if it does happen at all. Yeah, I think we've just solved our striker crisis. There, there you go. go. There we go. Good. Um City at home this weekend, uh five thirty kickoff Spencer. We're like Loro thinks we we're, we're not gonna do it. Where do you stand? Well he's got good reasoning on what he was saying about them, obviously having Guerrero's back and they've really good performance on the weekend um, I'm not sure about this one because I feel like I, I didn't anticipate us to do so well against Liverpool at home when we played them either so we, it's really hard West Ham are a really hard team to predict this year because normally I just always be pessimistic and never expect anything and this year I'm starting to like when I play like um Super Six and stuff on Sky. It's like I'm actually predicting West Ham to win games now. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, tricky. Oh, wow. I only do wow. that. Really? Normally I'd always go against it because I think, <laughs> oh, it's a win-win that way. I get yeah. points if I get West Ham. And now I'm like, no, West Ham are going to win it. I predicted us to beat West, uh, Newcastle, and I just didn't get points in that one. But um, uh, you asked me for a prediction. Aren't yeah. You? What do you think? Um, I'll say that I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. I'm going to say one all. Mm. it honestly could go either way we are good enough to beat them 2-0 yeah. but they could yeah. also come out and beat us 4-0 <laughs> yeah good yeah uh, Bianca what do you think I think if we get a good start I think we'll we'll be alright but um, we don't seem to be getting enough good starts this season and uh, they've had a good result against Palace but it was interesting because Loro said that they weren't very good in the first half and they weren't and that's why I think if we sort of come out firing on all cylinders Get a good start, maybe get an early goal. I, I think we've got more of a chance. But if if we don't, and if we sit back and let them come at us, then then I am worried with Aguero. Yeah. Back to his best. Any any guesses for a score? Oh, 
Oh, I don't like doing this. <laughs> this is like this is this is why Laura finds it hard. <laughs> no. This is so hard to get it right. <laughs> yeah, I just I always feel like a jinx though. That's yeah. why I never discuss predictions. I never make mm. them. I fancied Liverpool, us to beat Liverpool, and I never said anything. And we did. So. Oh, so don't predict it, but secretly fancy yeah, to beat Man City. Yeah, fine. That'll do. We'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Doing it now. <laughs> okay. I'm, I think we're going to do them. I think we're going to oh, win two God. one. Like last season, we did some. We did well against them, and the big teams come to Upton Park, and we go to them. That's when we were at our best. I think is when when we're playing those big teams. Yeah, and I agree. We kind of counter attack. Yeah. And, yeah. Our problem is we need to learn to like beat. Like the games where we drop points at like home against Bournemouth, Bournemouth at the start of the season, yeah, they're the ones we need yeah. to learn to win, really. Because you, you when you when like Billich will, will map out the season and see where he's getting his points, he'll never assign any to like a City game. So if, if we're picking up three points, that's just a bonus. Yeah. But if we're not getting them against Bournemouth, it's a problem. But um, yeah, we could beat them. Yeah. But if we don't start well and and they do, then we're in trouble because. You can't keep sort of having good second half performances, and against Man City, if 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 they get ahead of you, you're just not catching up. Yeah, is it going to be Bonner and Collins centre back again? Because I think I think so. Collins has been good, but yet. I think Aguero could be too much for him. Too pacey. Pace. I'm, I'm interviewing mm. James Collins tomorrow. Ask him if he thinks Aguero would be too much for him. <laughs> <laughs> Will Aguero be too Yeah. Maybe I'll rephrase it. Yeah. That's why you do your job and I don't do it. <laughs> um, that's a good point you make about our slow starts. We're not great, are we? No. Leicester scored early, I think. Bournemouth did yeah. at home. Mm. Bournemouth did it away yeah. from home. Newcastle. Norwich. Fair, what Sunderland. You... I know yeah. we got a point against them, but they still sort of scored early. What do you mean by slow start, though? Because if I remember the Leicester game properly, we actually started really well, but and they then they scored. hit us on the counter. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not getting the goals. They were like 2 nil up in like, what, 20 minutes, something like that, yeah. and the West Ham fans started booing. I think we've started games well a fair amount this season, but, yeah, it's that first goal. So we just we just don't always look like getting back in games sometimes. We've mm. done it a few times. We have good but, second halves, but you can't yeah. always do that and you can't certainly can't do that against the likes of City. That's that's the only thing that worries me. Yeah. Especially, you know, obviously with our sort of no Sacco, no Carroll. Yeah. Who do you think is gonna be Yelovich starting or yeah. Oh god, I hope not. He's so slow. It's like <sighs> watching like a, a sperry. <laughs> like, so mechanical it's and slow, like and treacle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Antonio used to start as a striker. Maybe he'll for start with. Maybe yeah. he won't play a striker. Yeah. Maybe he'll go for the old false false nine. nine. Yeah. But who within there? Zarate in that role? Oh God! Because he's played that a few times before. Yeah. Yeah. Zarate yeah. in that. But I think we should give Antonio a go up front. The only thing you don't get, the only problem with Antonio up front is his work rate is so good that he he won't be he won't be able to cover the amount of pitch thing because he needs to be, stay up there yeah. as an outlet and we won't get that that work rate from him in the yeah. midfield but are you, are you guys pro Antonio on the uh, I think oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so I think he's a, he looks yeah. great doesn't he he's really kind of matured over the last few weeks he's, as well he's another example of going down yeah. dropping a, a yeah. league for championship yeah. hotbed tell you what is um what was the reason that Billich took so long to give him a chance I don't know why he didn't even sub him on you wonder what I happens in training I think it was training, Moses as well yeah. though with, with mm-hmm. Moses playing I, I think that was probably why yeah. but I think he's done enough now to to start yeah I, I think he's great I think he's just work when I mean, players work that hard mm. as a team like the goal the goal against Liverpool yeah, really shows it the best when I mean, he wins that tackle which yeah. is arguably a foul against Moreno yeah. and he yeah. just runs the length of the pitch like 
West Ham fans are going to love you if you do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can't and he can score that. with his face or his ears <laughs> or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah training every week. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Spencer. Thank you for joining us. Of course, you're on Twitter, on YouTube, and what ways can you count? Yeah, uh, Spencer Owen on Twitter and YouTube.com uh, forward slash Spencer FC, my YouTube channel. Yeah. There you go. And Bianca, you're on Twitter. At B Westwood, B E Westwood. Nice, nice. You follow us with myself, Chris, or CJ Skull with a C on Twitter. Um, we're away next week, yeah. but we're back in February with some big guests. Yeah, we are. How are you going to be? How are you going to be Morgan Freeman? Who's <laughs> no, no. next? Where do we go from here? We're going to wow. have to go through the rest of the cast of Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tim Robbins. Next. Tim Robbins. We can't Massive confirm the names. They're just so big. We can't They're confirm so them big, now. Yeah. We're working on the movie poster. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> Excellent. All right then. Well, let's hope for the best against City. Yeah. In the meantime, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. <laughs>